0: I'm Phil, and I'm here with my co-host and producer of the podcast, Tammy. Uh, Together, we host the Homicide Canada uh, podcast. Uh, This is uh, the episode where we cover all the homicides that occurred in uh, January of um, 2023 in Canada. Uh, Besides the podcast, we have a website, homicidecanada.com, and basically we try to track every homicide that occurs in Canada. Um, yeah, and so beyond just that website, you can also find us uh, on social media. So I would go to Facebook or Instagram. You just search Homicide Canada. We should pop up. DMs are always open. So yeah, uh, what we usually do for these types of episodes is uh, we'll go through the year-to-date Canada homicides at the top and then some other statistics. So uh, So, so far, and I guess we're recording this on February 21st. Uh, There have been 70 homicides so far in Canada, Uh, male that we know, uh, gender that we know. We have uh, 44 male homicide victims, uh, 21 female homicide victims. And that projects out to a total of 2023, uh, 491, which uh, compared to uh, the total that we have from last year in 2022 was uh, 739. Um, So, yeah, so... Obviously, January and February usually aren't the busiest month for homicides in Canada, Uh, but even still, um, that's like a a lot lower. So it could well be that Canada in 2023 has less homicides than 2022. Um, So, with that current uh, rate of homicides, uh, the homicide projected homicide rate per 100,000 is only 1.28. So, yeah, that's pretty low. Um, Yeah, we can talk about also the Projected homicide rate per 100,000 for uh, the provinces. So right now, um, as is often the case, Manitoba is in the lead with 5.23 homicides per 100,000 people projected uh, for 2023. Second is Nova Scotia with 2.9. That's a little unusual. Uh, Newfoundland with 2.75. That is also unusual, but obviously they have a small population, so they have a murder or two, it's going to raise it up. Uh, Saskatchewan at 2.48 in fourth. Uh, British Columbia in fifth at 2.25. Alberta, uh, 1.32. Ontario, 1.04. Quebec with only 0.33. And then uh, PEI uh, and New Brunswick uh, both don't have any homicides. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And then we also have for the major municipality... We also have the projected homicide rate per 100,000 people. So, unsurprisingly, well, this it's often the case. I think Winnipeg was the highest last year. Uh, they're leading right now with 4.68 homicides uh, projected per 100,000. Uh, surprisingly, Vancouver is in second of our big cities we cover with 4.24. Uh, then Edmonton with 4.17 in third. Halifax in fifth with 3.19. Uh, Regina with 3.1. Ottawa with 2.76, uh, Toronto with 1.51, Calgary with 1.07, uh, Montreal with 0.4, and then uh, the other big three big cities that we cover: Montreal, Ham, Hamilton, Ontario, and Brampton uh, do not have a single homicide yet in 2023.
1: Okay, so now for the January stats, January 2023. 20, Saw a total of forty homicides compared to seventy-one in twenty twenty-two, so that's a forty-three percent decrease. That's that's huge.
0: Yeah, that is pretty big. So, uh,
1: there were twenty-six male victims, thirteen females, and one unknown gender.
0: You know what's interesting about that, Tammy, is that uh, um, we recorded this this homicide. I recorded this this podcast in Hamilton, in Ontario. Um, and I would say like Southern Ontario, it's, it's been a really warm winter, uh, in January, I think for sure. Um, yeah. and yeah, so I would think that with January, the fact that it's, it's been warmer for a big portion of the population, cause I think it was, it was warm for Quebec too. Um, yeah, that, you know, there might be some more homicides cause yeah, if January is really cold, you know a lot of people do get out they don't get into weird fights and stuff like that so i don't know there could be two. you could argue maybe there could be more domestic homicides because people are trapped together but
1: y- yeah but, maybe <laughs> but yeah but
0: oftentimes yeah like often you know people fights things like that so yeah i don't know so like a lot less homicide so far so uh, hopefully that will continue all right so uh, we'll go over the youngest and oldest victim homicide victims in Canada for the month of January in 2023 uh, so the oldest was an 89-year-old woman in Toronto. Uh, Toronto police were called to the report of a assault in the area of Young and King Streets on January 20th at approximately 11.40 a.m. Uh, police said the 89-year-old victim was walking on a sidewalk at the south- northeast corner of Young and King Streets when the suspect pushed her to the ground and fled the scene. Uh, the victim was located with injuries to her head and was pronounced deceased at the scene. Um... Victim has been identified, however, steps are being taken to uh, notify uh, next of kin. I guess we don't have a name yet, or?
1: No, they still haven't released it, so maybe the family didn't want it released. Okay,
0: all right. Um, The suspect who police described as 40 years old, red hair braided at the back, beard, thin build, wearing a brown vest, gray hoodie, blue blue jeans, was later arrested on nearby Richmond Street. Uh, Ryan Cuneen, 37, of Toronto, was arrested on January 20th and he charged with aggravated assaults, mischief under $5,000 and on January 24th uh, Toronto police uh, announced that his his charges were upgraded to manslaughter and I guess he attended court on Tuesday uh, January 24th uh, 2023 at College Park College Park courts so yeah uh, I don't, like I think if you're following the news lately like uh, Toronto I guess you know there has Toronto the the number of homicides hasn't gone up but a lot there's been a lot more just random street kind yeah. homicides than that. So, like, yeah, this is a woman just walking on the – side, 89-year-old woman just walking on the sidewalk.
1: Yeah, like what could she have done to yeah. provoke that?
0: So, so yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting in the fact that, you know, I think people are more disturbed by the random, the random homicides, I think, than, um, I don't know, domestics. And, For sure. And like gang, sometimes gang things between gangs and that. Cause, yeah. Because yeah, people, I don't know, people feel like I'm not in a gang. I probably won't get in a gang – Killing in that, but like the rent, I think it's the random homicides on the street and that, and the subways and that, which are, are fairly disconcerting. Oh, still me. Sorry, <laughs> it's been a bit since I've done the podcast, so yeah. All right, uh, so the youngest one was uh, a 20th year old woman in Norway House, uh, Manitoba. So, Norway House RCMP responded to a report of a stabbing at approximately 2:45 p.m. on January 13th. Uh, police located uh, a 23-year-old victim, female victim, suffering from serious injuries. Uh, the victim was taken to hospital where she succumbed to her injuries. Uh, police have not re- released the victim's identity at this time. And but um, let's see here. So the police have uh, announced, and on January 12, 16th, as a result of the investigation, that uh, 28-year-old Alice uh, Minot of Norroy House has been charged with manslaughter and has been remanded into custody. So that, yeah, that's, yeah, uh, that's the youngest victim and also a little unusual of female-on-female uh, female homicide. this doesn't happen that often, but occasionally it does. So. All right. Uh, I'll go over now uh, the number of homicides for the provinces and territories. Uh, Ontario, the most populous province, had 11 homicides. Uh, BC had nine. Uh, Manitoba had eight. Uh, Alberta had five. Nova Scotia had three. Uh, Quebec, the second most populous province, only had two, uh, Newfoundland had one, Saskatchewan had one, and then all the rest had zero. So I guess uh, all the territories had zero, New Brunswick had zero, and PEI had zero. So
1: The cities with more than one homicide, Edmonton had four, Toronto had four, Vancouver had three, Winnipeg had three, Coldstream had two, that was a double homicide.
0: Where is Coldstream.
1: Alberta. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think. Yeah, maybe. I'm not sure. Okay. I have to look that up. Surrey had two. That was a double homicide. And The Paws had two. And that was also a double homicide. In Murders by Type, there were five shootings, which is pretty low lately. It is, yeah. Um, 20 unknown, five stabbings, five others, and four beatings.
0: I feel like... Um like when, when it's unknown that it's it's less likely to be a shooting just because it yeah. off, often the media will report that it's like somebody hears a shot and yeah. they'll say it's a shooting and that. But yeah, so usually like uh, if it's going to be something else, then oftentimes it'll be it'll be unknown. But it's interesting. Of uh, Yeah, like only five confirmed shootings. Like that's not very high at all. So
1: cold streams in B.C.
0: OK, Sorry. it's NPC. So <laughs> next province. All right. All right, so now we come to the part of the podcast where we're going to go through the, um, some of the more noteworthy homicides that occurred in January in Canada. Uh, so the IHIT, I believe that's the Integrated Homicide Investigation Team in the Vancouver area, uh, they invested a double uh, murder-suicide in Surrey. So Surrey RCMP said they attended a residence in the 15600 block of 112 Avenue, on January 9th at approximately 12 p.m. Uh, on arrival, uh, officers discovered three st- three deceased persons inside the home and who they believe were from the same family. Uh, investigators said that there was no one else at the home when they arrived and they don't believe there's an ongoing risk to public safety. Um, so uh, IHIT I- spokesperson uh, Sergeant Timothy Perotti uh, said it appears to be a murder-suicide we can say that we believe there's no outstanding suspects, anything like that, or any outstanding murder weapons. Uh, the, and with, we have an update. I guess the deceased have been identified as 58-year-old Lee, otherwise known as Leo Lee, um, 56-year-old Zhao Yan, also known as Tiffany Zen, and 24-year-old Daniel Lee. Uh, police have not disclosed who the victims were at this time. So yeah, we, it's uh, like a double murder, homic- or murder suicide, I guess, and. Yeah. Yeah, we don't know. Um, I would say uh, statistically, it would be pretty rare for the wife to do it. So
1: it's either the it's son e- or the husband. It's either the
0: son or the husband, but yeah, but we don't know that yeah. yet, and we may never know. So, but if we do know, we may we'll probably update it and we'll update the page on the web. So yeah,
1: two people are dead and one is injured in Coldstream, BC. One person has been taken into custody. The Vernon North Okanagan RCMP received a report of an assault with a weapon at a residence on the 8500 block of Cleric Road in Coldstream on January 17th at 5.32 a.m. On arrival, police located two people deceased inside a home, a man suffering from potentially life-threatening injuries and a fourth man who was taken into custody. The injured man was taken to a local hospital for treatment. Investigators said the deaths are deemed to be suspicious and the BC RCMP SEDMCU has taken conduct of the investigation. Staff Sergeant Chris Clark of the BCRCMP said the initial investigation leads us to believe this was an isolated incident, and there's no ongoing risk to pub to the public.
0: So yeah, I guess um, yeah, they re- released no um, no identities of the victims, and no. also no charges. Then or like who got charged in that? So the fourth uh, person, or guy, I guess yeah okay yeah that's the RCMP they don't tend to they tend to keep it pretty close to the best, and um it's not a super big place so not a lot of media report on it okay um uh Vancouver police uh released an image of a female suspect who was wanted in relation to the homicide of Jeff Genty, uh, the city's first homicide of the year I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly uh Vancouver police said 34-year-old Jeff Genti was uh, located shortly after midnight on G- January 3rd when Vancouver Fire Rescue Services responded to a suspicious outdoor fire near Powell Street and Raymond Ar- Avenue in the downtown east side. Uh, homicide investigators immediately took over the investigation and collected evidence, identifying suspect and analyzing DNA to identify the victim. Um, As a result of the investigation, investigators are asking for the public's help to identify a suspect captured on camera in the downtown east side around the time of the murder. Uh, She is described as a female in her 20s with a fair complexion. Uh, She's believed to be approximately 5 foot 8 tall, uh, between 120 and 140 pounds, and had long, dark hair and a ponytail at the time of the murder. Uh, She was wearing a black ball cap with a white logo on the front, a black jacket over a dark shirt, uh, blue jeans, and black Shoes with white soles, Uh, and there's a photo of her on the website. So, yeah, I guess uh, a homicide, the downtown east side. uh, Obviously not the greatest part of Vancouver.
1: Uh, Joshua Brennan has been charged with the murder of James Sampson in Ottawa. Ottawa police were called to the report of a stabbing in the 2700 block of Saratoga Place at approximately 1.30 a.m. on January 31st involving two victims. Police said James Sampson, 45, succumbed to his injuries. A woman in her 50s who was also injured remains in hospital in stable condition. As a result of the investigation, Ottawa police issued a Canada-wide warrant at 2.45 p.m. for Joshua Brennan of Ottawa for second-degree murder and attempted murder. And police announced at 5.40 p.m. the same day that Joshua Brennan was arrested in Ottawa, police have not released the relationship between the victims and the accused.
0: Uh, All right, Uh, so Toronto homicide number one. Uh, Police charged Michael Rollins in in relation to the death of his seven year old mother, uh, Joy Barnwell in North York. Uh, Toronto police responded to a medical call for service in the Finch Avenue East and Seneca Hill Drive area on January 18th at approximately 8.15 p.m. Uh, On arrival, first responders located seven year old Joy Barnwell in medical distress, suffering from serious injuries. Uh, Despite life-saving efforts, the victim was pronounced deceased at the scene, Um, her identity, well, originally I guess her identity and and cause of death have not been, were not released. Uh, and Michael Rollins, 27 of Toronto, uh, has been arrested and charged with second degree murder. And, uh, according to the immigrant woman and business communication group, is that on Facebook or? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Michael Robbins, Rollins is the son of Joy Barnwell. So yeah, another, uh, domestic, I guess. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Eighteen-year-old Trey Ganon arrested in relation to the murder of his mother. Ontario Provincial Police responded to a 911 call for assistance at a home in, is that Bonchere?
0: It could be Bonchere, maybe? I don't know.
1: Bonchere, Ontario, on January 25th at approximately 9 o'clock p.m. Police arrived to find a person deceased at the scene. Police have released her identity as Lisa Sharp, 48, of Eganville. Uh, Her cause of death has not been released. At approximately 9.50 a.m., police announced that they were searching for 18-year-old Trey Ganon of the Laurentian Valley Township for second-degree murder. However, at approximately 1.30 p.m., police announced that he had been arrested. So another mother, mother, child. Yeah, yeah, homicide. Yeah,
0: it is kind of weird, so... I wonder if mothers get killed more often than fathers. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't know. And I wonder if that Surrey one was the kid or the yeah, dad.
0: Yeah, yeah. We just, yeah, at this stage we don't know on that. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Like, there's there, in January there's, like, I don't know, my argument that it's cold and that. I guess the homicide, like, people stay inside and then, like, less gangbanger type killings. And and then you're just left with the domestic, so. Okay, uh, this is uh, somewhat of an unusual one. Uh, former Brampton firefighter James Schwalm, hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, uh, was charged with first-degree murder in relation to his wife Ashley Schwalm's death in Collingwood. Uh, on January 26th at approximately 5.55 a.m., police said a Mitsubishi Outlander who was driving northbound on Arrowhead Road where it left the, the roadway. Uh, the vehicle uh, then drove down an embankment, came to a stop, and caught fire. 40 uh, year old Ashley Schwamm was found deceased in the vehicle. Uh, according to the OPP, James Schwamm, 38 of Collingwood, had only been charged with second degree murder and offering an indignity to a dead body in connection with the death of his wife, a- a- Ashley Schwamm. However, on February 17th, police announced his charge had been upgraded to first degree murder. Uh, the city of Branton announced on February 4th that James Schwamm has been notified of their termination for cause in accordance with the collective agreement uh, and the Fire Protection and Prevention Act. Uh, Schwamm uh, remains in custody and will appear in Barry Court again on uh, March 3rd. Uh, I believe his wife was, what, she was 40, I think I read? She and was 40, And yeah. they, they had several children then? or? Uh, yeah,
1: I think they had two little kids.
0: Okay, so yeah, that's pretty sad. And also... That's kind of like a, almost like a dateline type thing here, yeah. and that where the the car.
1: But what did he like? How did he?
0: Ah, uh, yeah, cut that's the brakes that, or... and that makes you wonder. Like, I guess, I guess we we're just surmising here that uh, she died before, and then he put her in the in the vehicle, and then I don't know. Did he drive it off? And then, although it went drove down an embankment and then caught yeah. fire. So I don't know. I guess the one thing too is he's a firefighter, so I don't know. Maybe he. Arranged it so it lit on, would light on fire or, yeah, I don't know, knows? like trying to cover, cover the tracks and, you know, like burn the body. Like there's one thing that, that we say on Homicide Canada covering all the, it's sad to say, covering a lot of homicides is it's amazing how many times people try to like light something on fire, whether it's a house or a car, to cover up a homicide. So, yeah. And yeah, this they is unusual. They always un- find out. They always find out. And this, yeah, this is pretty unusual that, uh, yeah, that he was uh, a firefighter. So, yeah, they don't hear about that every day. So,
1: Tyler Blade Newfeld is charged with the murder of a seventy-one-year-old man in East Walton, East Hans District RCMP, with assistance from West Hans District RCMP, Indian Brook RCMP, Clochester County District RCMP, and Halifax District RCMP. That's a lot of
0: that's a lot, lot of yeah, a lot of RCMP <laughs> districts. It seems.
1: Uh, They responded to an assault at a home on Highway 215 in East Walton on January 16th at approximately 7.20 p.m. On arrival, police located a 71-year-old man unresponsive on the driveway of the home. Paramedics declared the victim deceased at the scene. His cause of death has not been released. However, police said his death was a homicide. Investigators learned that a second unarmed man had fled on foot prior to police arrival. At approximately ten o'clock, police located and arrested Tyler Blade Newfeld, twenty-eight, of East Walton, and he has been charged with murder. And he appeared in court on January eighteenth. So I wonder if that's another
0: parent-child possible domestic. Yeah, like yeah. I don't know what it's what's the record for parents being killed in a month in Canada. So
1: it may be this January. It may be this January.
0: Okay. Um, so, and I guess, so that was in Nova Scotia, but not considered a Halifax homicide then, or?
1: Um, no, because okay. it was in. It's
0: wherever East Haunts is. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But the next homicide we're going to cover, uh, was in Halifax. So police deemed, uh, Halifax shooting a homicide. However, ch- criminal charges are not being considered, um, Halifax police responded to a report of a man who had been shot inside a residence in the 400 block of Herring Cove Road on January 4th at 8.20 p.m. Um, on arrival, police and paramedics located a 33-year-old man suffering from a gunshot wound, uh, deceased of the re- residence. Uh, investigators determined that at least three individuals, at least one of whom had a firearm, uh, committed a home invasion at the rest re- residence. An altercation occurred with the occupants of the residence, resulting in the death of one of the intruders. Uh, the other two int- introduced for the scene in dark clothing. Uh, police of the Nova Scotia Medical Examiner Service completed an autopsy and ruled the manner of death to be a homicide. Uh, the deceased is a 33-year-old man. Uh, Halifax police arrested four people at the scene. Three of the four were later released without charges. Uh, a 21-year-old man is, is scheduled to appear in Halifax Provincial Court at a later date to face charges of carrying a concealed weapon, uh, illegal possession of a firearm, possession of a weapon dangerous to the public, uh, criminal... Charges are not being considered this time in relation to the death. So it's an interesting case because it does seem like it was uh, perhaps a justifiable li- homicide, like self-defense. Yeah. Uh, so the person <laughs> who's charged, you wonder, was it the person who uh, killed the victim?
1: Like the homeowner? or The homeowner
0: or the whoever. I mean, this might have been a renter. Or was the person charged one of the people... The robbers, or yeah, we yeah. don't we don't really know in that. That's um, weird. It is kind of interesting because yeah, it could, like the guy could have had like an illegal firearm, but you know they broke into his house, so yeah, he got shot. So yeah, uh, we don't know. I'm not sure we'll know. Uh, for us, uh, a bit of inside baseball type stuff. It's interesting for, for us is like it's a homicide, but does it get like it's a justifiable homicide? But self defense. So I don't know. Uh, I've always wondered do does, um, for Statistics Canada, when the police report it to them, in this case, would they say, like, would that get called a homicide? I assume it does.
1: Yeah, I think because they said that they ruled the manner of death to be a homicide, but nobody's going to be charged.
0: Yeah, so it's always a little confusing. Yeah. Because the one thing is usually a police killing that, uh, where the police aren't charged, which is most of the time. Like, yeah. that generally doesn't seem to make it into Statistics Canada.
1: No, and I think it should. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, but even
0: just, yeah, just for statistics basics, like, yeah. maybe it should be considered in that, because it's still a homicide. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, in this case, like, if this is, like, a justifiable homicide because it's health defense, like, it's still technically a homicide. It's, it's like, obviously worth keeping track of. So, yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. For us, obviously, it makes it our job, well, it makes it tougher for us because we're not sure exactly. Like
1: uh, Nadine Flora Yini, I hope I said that right, was found deceased in Mont Saint-Hilary. Police say her death was a homicide. Richelieu Intermunicipal Police were called to a home on Joseph Lzier Bernier Street on January twelfth at approximately two p.m. On arrival, police located thirty-four-year-old Nadine Flora. Ali Nanyini deceased and her infant unharmed the baby was taken to the hospital as a precaution her death has been deemed a homicide and the Quebec Provincial Police have taken over the investigation according to reports Nadine worked as a personal support worker at Le Quartier Saint Hilarie seniors residence and was on maternity leave at the time of her death and no arrests have been made
0: so, yeah, that's an unusual <clears throat> one where, like, the, the mother is dead, but the infant yeah. is unharmed. So Yeah,
1: it's weird.
0: And I guess no arrest yet. So, like, the one thing you might say is, like, you wonder, in this case, if it's, like, a domestic and that. But like, Yeah,
1: like, where's the father? Yeah,
0: you figure, like, they probably, uh, you know, if they haven't announced it, then... Um, I guess there's two possibilities. Uh, one that it like, who, like maybe she doesn't have a boyfriend. Maybe whoever the boyfriend, husband, whatever, and that is is you know has an alibi. Yeah. Or maybe yeah, maybe they don't know who it is. So, all right. Um, okay. So the next one is, and this is the last uh, uh, this segment of the podcast. Uh, a warrant has been issued for Robert. Uh, was issued for Robert, Ro- uh, sorry, Robert Robin Cropped Earwolf for the homicide of former CBC producer Douglas, uh, also known as Michael Finley, in Toronto. Uh, so Toronto police attended a call for an assault in the Danforth Avenue and Jones Avenue area on January 24th at approximately 3.35 p.m. Uh, police said a suspect was walking along Danforth Avenue when he was approached. Um, by the, vic- uh, when he approached the victim and assaulted him, uh, the victim fell to the ground and the suspect fled the scene. Uh, the victim was identified as Douglas, also known as Michael Finley, 73, and he died of his injuries on January 31st, I guess, which is seven days later, uh, as a result of the investig- investigation, a warrant was issued, uh, for Robert, Robin crop, crop deer wolf, who was 43 of Toronto. He's wanted for manslaughter, um, and I forget, he got arrested, didn't he, or?
1: I don't think so. Oh,
0: okay, so maybe he's still at large. So, so yeah, like, that's, like, another, like, I guess that's the second one in Toronto where somebody was just kind of attacked on the sidewalk, and like, an elderly person in that and, and ended up dying. So, I don't know. It's Yeah, it's strange. Like, the number of homicides in Toronto, like, in January, I think was down from the previous year. But yeah. it seems there's more of these just kind of random killings than that, so. It's, yeah, it's kind of strange, so. All right. Um, So, uh, now we're going to go to our section of the podcast where we have some notable updates and arrests and that. So, okay, this is a strange one. Uh, Edmonton Police Detective Paul Kelly, who failed to find a body while searching for a homicide scene, has been demoted to a constable after a disciplinary hearing. So I think we covered this homicide in the past. So uh, Blaine Bernstick, who was killed in an Edmonton rooming house on September 2017, was visiting the 94th Street house, or nine, or house on 94th Street, on September 12, 2017, with two friends who intended to buy drugs from the tenant, 76-year-old Nex. Oh, this is a hard one to pronounce. Nexmi Nuhi, and well. 76-year-olds and dealing drugs. Yeah, um, that's, that's wild. It's a little unusual, but like, you know, even if you're retired, you still have to pay the bills. Uh, according to the Edmonton Journal, uh, during the deal, a man allegedly burst into the suite and began beating Burnstick's friends with a pistol. Uh, the friends ran off, leaving Burnstick, uh, knew he, who was the drug dealer, and a woman named Nicole Lowen, alone with the attacker, who allegedly shot Burnstick in the head after he commented, after he commented on the violence which is uh, also unusual. Yeah. Uh, Jared Bird and S- Cecil Tompkins later ple- pleaded guilty to manslaughter for the killing and were sentenced to five and a half and six years respectively in prison. Uh, the shooter, Edward Pisch, uh was cleared of charges in 2021 after the trial against him fell apart over ashu- issues with Lowen's memory of the shooting. So it's odd that the other two were... Um, oh, well, I guess they pleaded guilty to manslaughter, so I guess they took the plea while well, the other guy maybe did a trial. I'm not sure. All right. And then Kelly and his two-member CSI unit were called to the scene on September 13, 2017, and spent two hours processing the basement. Kelly f- failed to find Burnstick's body, uh, which had been duct taped and stuffed in a trash bag a few feet from where I knew he fell. Uh, the body remained there until September 18th, uh, when the landlord re- re- returned to the property. Uh, I guess Edmonton Police Chief Dale McPhee later charged C- Kelly with 14 counts of misconduct under the Police Act, including counts of neglect, duty, uh, deceit, and describa- describable conduct. Uh, during his hearing, Kelly admitted he did not file standard procedures for the search, but rather tailored his methods based on what he was typically asked about in court. After realizing he had missed Burnstick's body, Kelly tried to pin some of the blame on two members of the homicide team who he f- claimed failed to pass along important information. He filed formal complaints against them, them in 2018. Uh, Edmonton Police Chief uh, Dale McPhee at a press conference on August 4th, 2022 said that he sought to fire Paul Kelly, however, a disciplinary hearing uh, determined Kelly should be demoted instead. So, yeah. That's there's a huge o- miss. There, Yeah, there's a lot to unpack here. Like, obviously, um, the elderly drug dealer. um, yeah. The fact that... Um, he be this guy burst in with a, a suite, uh, began beating his friends with a pistol. Um, uh, he he actually shot the guy after the guy commented about the violence. Yeah. Uh, and then the fact that the the detectives have never found this this garbage bag with the body in it, and and also like the two people were charged with the manslaughter for the killing, and then the shooter actually got cleared of charges. So. Yeah, a whole lot of stuff going on here. The, yeah. de- the detective getting busted down to constable and that. And then, yeah, so... I'm
1: trying to blame it on someone else. Trying to blame it on someone crazy. else. So,
0: yeah, there's just a lot of stuff that happened here, I guess. Um, yeah, kind of missing the body in that. It kind of like, I don't know. It's, um, yeah, and, uh, yeah, the the landlord finding it, which is... And the next day, which I find interesting because I think we've both kind of been landlords, I guess, in our yeah. life in that, and that. Um, yeah. I know there's been some times where I've just been like, all right, like this guy moved out or whatever or something and that. Well, I guess, I don't think we rented a place like this, I guess, but like sometimes (laughs) I'm not going to, you're not going to be on the ball on that. Somebody's got some garbage bags down there. I'm not going to check. So
1: yeah. But you think (laughs) like the police spent hours there Yeah. and they found one body. Yeah. Why didn't they find the other body?
0: So yeah, I don't know. Seems
1: so strange. It
0: seems strange. So yeah. Um, Okay. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just a weird case. So.
1: Hamilton man Shajad Hussein Idrish, I think that's how that's pronounced, has pleaded guilty in superior court to second-degree murder in connection with a shooting at a Brantford motel. So here's the backstory. Brantford police responded to a report regarding a male who was suffering from a gunshot wound at the Galaxy Motel on Colburn Street East on February 8, 2020 at approximately 5.30 in the morning. Police and paramedics arrived to find three male victims who were suffering gunshot wounds. The three victims were transported to hospital where 42-year-old Jason David Costas from Brantford succumbed to his injuries while two males ages 25 and 26 from Brantford remained in the hospital. Police arrested Shadjad Hassan Idrish, a 22-year-old male from Hamilton in London, Ontario, on February 14, 2020. Idrish was charged with murder, attempted murder with a firearm times two, conspiracy to commit murder, possession of a weapon for a dangerous purpose, unauthorized possession of a firearm, using a firearm in the commission of an offense, carrying a concealed weapon, and careless use of a firearm under the criminal code. On February 20, 2020, Roger Earl Van Every, a 35-year-old man from Brantford, was arrested in northern Ontario at approximately 2 a.m., Van Every was charged with first-degree murder, attempted murder with a firearm times two, conspiracy to, ke- mur- to commit murder under the criminal code. And on February 15, 2023, Shadad pleaded guilty in superior court to second-degree murder in connection to the homicide. He also pleaded guilty to one count of attempted murder. So that's kind of crazy that he did plead guilty, but only to one of those attempted murders, though
0: yeah that is pretty strange um yeah. i guess perhaps maybe like the crown was like okay like just plead to one like sometimes it can happen that but yeah, yeah so at least he gets arrested but because yeah sometimes there can be like multiple crimes and multiple people so but yeah i don't know it's some yeah it's so the crown i guess just sometimes to make it makes it easy all right yeah. so this next one is pretty weird um mainly because of who it involves, of uh, who the potential killer is. Uh, so a Halifax, Nova Scotia jury was showed showed photos of wounds in the body of a former med student accused of murder. So according to the Hamilton Spectator, I think they probably picked it up for some one of the other papers, uh, William Sanderson has pleaded not guilty to first-degree murder and the 2015 death of Dalhousie University physics student T- Taylor Sampson, 22 years old. Uh, Sanderson told the Nova Scotia Supreme Court jury he fired his gun at Sampson when the drug dealer lunged at him during a violent dispute over nine kilograms of marijuana worth $40,000. Uh, Sampson had intended to sell the drugs to Sanderson. Uh, the, the Crown is, agar- is arguing that Sanderson, also a drug dealer, had planned to kill Sampson and steal his marijuana because the accused was deep in debt and needed the money to pay for medical school, allegations Sanderson has firmly denied. Uh, Sanderson testified that at one point he and Samson, a much larger man, were asked for control of Sanderson's 9mm handgun, but Sanderson said he managed to break free and point the firearm, firearm of the other man. Uh, during cross-examination on Thursday, Sanderson was shown a series of police photographs taken three days later, showing wounds on his shirtless upper body. Uh, Sanderson pointed to bruise and scratches on his hands, which he says which were caused by the struggle for the gun on the night of August 15, 2015. Uh, and he pointed to bruising behind one of his ears, which he could not explain. Uh, he also noted bruising around his right shoulder, which he said was caused by carrying a large bag that at one point contained Samson's body, which had yet to be found. Uh, I was spinning. This is a quote from him. I'm spinning away as he tries to take the gun from me, trying to keep my body between him and the gun that's on my hip, he testified. Uh, both of us had our hands on the gun at varying points. We're wrestling for control of the gun. At one point, he has both of his arms around me. Uh, Sanderson said he was lifted off his feet at one point and then pressed against the kitchen table while he kept the gun away from Sampson. I'm kicking backwards, he said. I'm trying to stomp at his feet, kick at his legs, between his legs to get him off of me. Eventually, he lets go of me, and he's laughing. Uh, Sanderson backed away and pointed the gun at Sampson and told him to leave. Sampson sat down, asked if, if Sanderson's pretty girlfriend was home. He said, then said, you're done, as he ro- rose and lunged at him. The accused told the, told the court, I pulled the trigger. He stopped coming towards me, and I went... Deaf for a second. Uh, Early in the trial, Sanderson confirmed that he dumped Samson's body among some garbage bags in a tidal river uh, near Truro, Nova Scotia, that feeds the Bay of Fundy. Uh, You can read the whole trial coverage over at the spec. Um, Yeah, so that's pretty crazy because he's like a a medical student. Yeah. And... um, A drug dealer. Drug dealer. Also, the victim is a physics student and also a drug (laughs) dealer. Uh, I don't know. I did engineering and... I guess there was occasional drug dealers, but, like, not to this regard, uh, especially, like, more ne- uh, marijuana worth $40,000. Um, yeah, that's like, to pay for medical school. Obviously, medical school is expensive, but as far as I know, usually if you're getting into medical school, which is pretty hard in Canada, you can usually get some loans. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't know what's exactly going, like, kind of crazy here. Um, yeah, also, this is, like, a, a 2015 case. And yeah, like,
1: it's only going to trial say now. let
0: 2023, so it's eight years later. Uh, I know justice in Canada can be pretty slow, but uh, that, that's really slow. Yeah. So yeah, um, yeah, that's kind of a crazy case. So.
1: Windsor police reveal neighbor killed six-year-old Lubecka Topic over 50 years ago. Uh, Windsor Police Services publicly identifying the man responsible for the 1971-year-old murder of six-year-old Lubecka Topic. Through relentless investigation work and advances in forensic technology, the Major Crimes Unit solved the decades-old mystery in 2019. Now, following an internal review of the case, police have confirmed that Frank Arthur Hall, who was 22 years old at the time, was the person who committed the horrific homicide. Lubecka Topic was abducted, sexually assaulted, and murdered on May 14, 1971. She had been playing outside her family's home on... Drullard Road when a stranger lured her away with the promise of money. She was later found deceased near an alley one kilometer away. At the time of her murder, Frank Hall lived in the 1800 block of Drullard Road, less than two kilometers down the street from her family. Police said the DNA evidence was crucial in in establishing Hall as the person who murdered her. Hall later moved from Windsor to Edmonton, Alberta, where he remained until his death at the age of 70 in February 2019. Though the Windsor Police Service initially declined to name Frank Hall as the individual, citing Municipal Freedom of Information and Protected, Protection of Privacy Act, their new leadership team has re-examined and ultimately overturned the decision. All such cases will be reviewed in case to case for public awareness so that's, I don't know. I think, especially if everyone involved is deceased, you yeah. think that should be public information anyway, right? I would
0: think so. Especially like, why why protect the murderer?
1: Yeah, right? and like the murderer is dead anyway.
0: He's dead anyway. So yeah, like I, like I think homicides like it's the highest crime you could commit in Canada. So yeah, like if, if you kill someone, then even if you're dead or even if you're not dead, it, it should be known. Like. Like if you don't if you don't want, if you don't want your privacy violated, don't kill someone. Like, yeah, I think it's pretty simple. So
1: yeah, so the police chief Jason Belair said we're committed to operating with full transparency and servicing the interests of the people of Windsor and Amherstburg. We hope this decision meets the public's need for knowledge and offers the opportunity for members of the community to provide further information that may assist with other investigations. So in twenty twenty two, the major. Major Crimes Unit was presented with the Ontario Homicide Investigators Association Linda Shaw Memorial Award for their work in solving this homicide.
0: So, it's interesting <coughs> here. It, it They said that the Major Crimes Unit solved a decades-old mystery in 2019. Yeah. And Frank Hall died in 2019.
1: Yeah, so they solved it. How did he die?
0: Yeah, that's the what I'm yeah. wondering. Is it a coincidence or...
1: And they decided not yeah. to release it till now. Yeah. Which it, is... Also weird.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. So, yeah. And, yeah, it's, like, obviously with DNA advances, then they'll probably will, if somebody has a sample, then probably there'll be more of these, these types of cases that are solved. Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah, like all these DNA companies, all
0: sorts yeah, of things sure. come up. And so, yeah, like, he, this was, uh, like, the, the murder was in 1971. Yeah. And, yeah, it wasn't solved, I guess, until 2019, so... Yeah, yeah, I wish all, we knew
1: when it was solved in yeah. 2019.
0: So yeah, but well, that too, definitely. Uh, but yeah, this is almost like yeah, amazing. Almost like 50 years later, almost yeah. that the homicide was solved. So yeah, that's amazing. So okay, uh, I guess this is the last one. Uh, so a news report suggests a four-year-old girl was found dead with her father at the bottom of a cliff in Milton, Ontario, and it was likely she was likely killed in a murder suicide. So, Kira Kagan and her father, Robin Brown, were found dead in February 2020 in Miles State Point Conservation Area. Uh, according to CTV News, their prevents, deaths were preventable because there were at least 22 risk factors of intimate partner violence before the incident. Uh, their deaths came after a lengthy custody battle between Kira's parents. Uh, the Chief Coroner of Ontario announced Thursday that the inquest will examine the circumstances surrounding Kira's death uh ontario's chief crow owner said the date and location of the inquest will provide a later date so yeah that's just a sad f- one a sad one yeah i guess um yeah rattle state point known as kind of a climbing area for sure i think i've actually done it um yeah it's uh yeah there's just too many obviously these murder suicides where you know it's the parents the like usually the male um yeah, yeah that in a divorce and that and yeah it's just really sad Okay, uh, yeah, so that has been uh, our January episode covering the homicides in January 2023. Uh, so, yeah, just to reiterate, uh, we have a website and it's homicidecanada.com. So, we try to have a post for every homicide um, that occurs in Canada. And then we also have pages for all the provinces and territories that kind of list the homicides and that uh, that have occurred in the provinces. And we also uh, have a pages for the major municipalities. So, yeah, if you're from, uh, say, Saskatchewan, you can go look at the Saskatchewan page to see, like, the homicides there. Uh, Also, yeah, if you're from Toronto, you can go and see the homicides there. Uh, We have an email. It's info at homicidecanada.com. So if we have missed a murder in your Mississauga province, uh, you can tell us. Because, yeah, sometimes we do, uh, especially smaller places and Quebec. So, yeah, yeah, definitely, like, let us know. And, yeah, if there's anything else you want to say, uh, let us know. Uh, our Twitter is homicide underscore Canada. Uh, usually we try to tweet out every homicide. So that's a good way to keep track if you're on Twitter and our DMs are always open if you want to tell us something. And also, uh, our, f- if you want to go on Facebook or Instagram, I would just put it in the search box, homicide Canada, and hopefully we should come up in that. I and mean, you can obviously follow us on Facebook or follow us on Instagram because we often post on there too and that. So yeah. That has been the January episode and yeah thanks for uh, for listening